Hello and welcome back, Practical Alchemy listeners. I am so delighted for today's conversation. She and I connected in such serendipitous ways before we actually connected. And so I'm excited to dive into the conversation. I know that she's also been through some really powerful initiations lately and I selfishly can't wait to get to know her better because we are new friends, but friends nonetheless. And today I'm sitting down with Chelsea Sanchez, who is a heart coach. She is the founder of Commune and Bloom. She is a breathwork facilitator, and she also works at the medicine of cacao. So hi, love. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and I'm so honored. Thank you so much. Like this is such an honor to be here. I couldn't agree more. It's such an honor to have you. And as with season two, we're collaborating with Latinas Who Meditate, learning about your story and your background. It just, it's so in alignment to have you at this point in time. Like you were saying before we hit record, it's divine timing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about all the things, honestly. I hope that we have time for all the points that I wrote down, but I guess it always helps kind of painting the picture. And I know that you've been in the beauty and the fitness space for 15 years. And so for over 15 years, actually. And so how and where did your journey in beauty and fitness begin? Gosh, so I've always been into beauty. Like I was always that girl when I was younger, like doing my friend's makeup, getting all the friends ready for homecoming and prom and all that. So I always knew I loved beauty. Like that was always going to be a part of my life. So I actually attended cosmetology school while I was in high school. Our high school had a program that offered that. Wow. So whenever I graduated, I was able to like go out into the beauty field and start my career. And Along the way, I actually used to get into a lot of trouble when I was younger. And I feel like that was kind of like my first big initiation in life where a lot of these things were happening in my life that made me have my first like a wake up call. You know, now I realize that these are different levels of spiritual awakening. And during those years, I was getting into too much trouble and I had this wake up call like I need to stop or I'm going to be going downhill. So that's actually what led me into fitness. So I completely got sober and I started working out and I started feeling good about myself. And all of a sudden, like a year and a half later of just working out, feeling good, I landed myself in the fitness space and decided to be a professional bikini bodybuilder. So I was simultaneously, I was, I had a eyelash extension career where I had started my own salon, but I was also half of my other career was like this fitness and I was competing in um, bikini for about four years. So I always had a love for beauty and fitness and I never really knew, like, I always felt like they were separate. I never knew how to kind of intertwine them. So for many years when I moved to Dallas, because I I originally lived in Austin, I opened up my salon out here, but I was still balancing out fitness. And so Finally, I'm like, why don't I like kind of merge these two? And all of a sudden, here I am getting more into the wellness space of like meditation and breath work and all of that. So those two things kind of merged together and it just kind of landed me here where I am today, 15 years later. So, wow. And at some, because you had such a full career in beauty, in fitness, with competing with your salon. 
And at some point in your career, you pivoted into wellness, as you said, with breath work, with meditation, and started incorporating more spiritual practices after your own awakening. Was there a catalyst for that awakening in particular? Yeah. So when I turned 30, I bought my house. I got the luxury car. I had the salon and I was living the dream that everybody is going for. We get taught that we have to strive for these things and we're looking for all these things outside of us to make us happy. And it's not that I was like just depressed and trying to find things outside of me to be happy, but I realized that I had accomplished some major goals in life, but at home I was having panic attacks. And I'd always meditate here and there, but it was kind of like, you know, how fitness was sometimes like people will work out and then they kind of stop and they're like, every time they do it, they're like, why don't I do that? I feel good every time. And so I had this story in my head that when I meditated, like, oh, I'm thinking too much or I can't do it. And then I have really good ones. I'm like, I need to do this every day, but I never really actually stuck to it. And so in 2019, I actually met one of my mentors and I just remember being so inspired by one of her talks. It was like a podcast premiere and there was like so many female entrepreneurs there just hearing your story and crying and just being so inspired. And I just remember out of all of the things that she had done, she, you know, she had to heal and to look within and live a more wholesome life. She was doing plant medicine. She was doing therapy. She was practicing meditation. And she said out of all of the things that she was doing, that meditation was the number one thing that she was practicing and that it was a non-negotiable. And I'll I'll never forget, I'm like, non-negotiable? How does she make it non-negotiable, you know? And so I ended up being in like her women's entrepreneur group. And I remember one of the first conversations I had with her, it really stuck with me. I'm like, hey, like you said your meditation's non-negotiable. What are you doing? Like, what kind of meditation do you do? Because, you know, I've tried all kinds of different things on YouTube. And she's like, transcendental meditation. I'm like, what's that? And so she guided me to the website and it was like a four-day training to learn how to do it, get your mantra. And I just remember, she said, if you really want to stick to it, meditate for a day or twice a day, every day for a year. And if you you do that, it will become like a non-negotiable. And I think the competitive side of me was like, oh, I'm going to do it, you know? (laughs) But I think that if she never said that, I probably would have never actually committed to it that much. So I started practicing transcendental meditation. This was February 2nd, 2019. Like I'll never forget the day because it's like, you know, when you know your life is about to change. And so, you know, that day, I just had a feeling and my husband actually did it with me. And so we committed together and it was special because we did this practice together. And I love whenever we do something like this together, because I really know that it it really is going to help us. So I went home. I remember I brought my flowers. I brought my offering to the teachers and I went home and I'm like, can I do this? Yes, I can. And then all of a sudden, like I started doing it every single day. And I feel like about three months in, that's whenever I really started seeing now I know what people mean when they say happiness comes from within. Wow. It was like, I felt like a different person. I felt like this, like this vibration radiating out, radiating out of me. You know what I mean? So it was like, when people say happiness comes from within, I truly know what they mean because I feel so alive right now. Nothing changed in my life. I wasn't making more money. 
I wasn't accomplishing a goal. I was doing less things and I was literally feeling so alive. And I remember like my body would start vibrating, my legs would vibrate. And so I started learning a little bit about Dr. Joe Dispenza and hearing kind of the quantum physics of like the more spiritual stuff that I was doing. And it was kind of like the science that was backing everything up. So that year led me into this newfound like And not even newfound. It was who I truly was. It was like I was coming back to myself and seeing all these layers that I had put on myself over the years, like overcompensating, becoming someone I'm not. And it's what kind of helped me come back to my Latina roots. Mm -hmm. Like between going back to Puerto Rico and doing this, it made me realize I'm like, I feel like I've been hiding from who I truly am. And I know that a lot of societal factors kind of contributed to that and like little trauma experiences and not even little, but big trauma experience that seemed simple, but really affected me, kind of made me hide from myself and overcompensate in different ways. So meditation, it was like the beginning of me coming back to me. And it was one of the first times I truly knew what happiness from within me, like nothing changed outside of me. And so it was this journey of starting to heal. I started going to therapy. I, I started practicing with all different modalities. I was doing EMDR, hypnotherapy, working with energy workers. Like I was on this journey and I really have to thank my mentor, Susie Batiz, because it was, she was such a catalyst I always try to remember that and tell people, nobody changed your life. You changed it. They influenced you. They impacted you so that you take your power and you know that you did the work. But she was such a catalyst and influence in my life. And that's kind of what helped me go in this like journey of healing. And so as I was going through this journey of healing and realizing I've always been meant to do this work. I've always been doing it. When I was in fitness, I was inspiring people to work out and be healthy. When I was doing eyelash extensions and makeup, I was pouring love into my clients. So really, my mission has always been the same. My vehicle is what changed. So I realized I needed to pivot. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go full into this. So the pandemic happens. And of course, my salon at the time was mandated to close. And I thought, if not now, when am I ever going to really pivot? It was so weird. My business was doing well. I didn't have to close, but I just knew that if I didn't, then I wasn't being true to who I was. I wasn't being an integrity with who I am. And I feel like the 2020, it kind of ignited these healers to come out of the woodwork and be like, we're here to do this work. And so I decided to pivot into course creation. I'm like, what can I do before I even, it's like, I knew I was going to get into breath work. I knew I was going to teach meditation. I knew I was going to get into yoga because I was on this journey, but of course it doesn't just happen like that. Right. I'm like, what do I know? And what can I do? I know I can inspire people. I'm about to start over. I'm literally closing my salon, walking away from an income with no money to really like fund my project. And so I was like, I'm going to, put a course out there. I'm going to show people what I created over the last several years, over the decade, and really use our heart to guide us in how we do business now. I think that it's such a powerful, it's very powerful to use money as a tool, but in the right way. And I think that sometimes people think really focusing on capitalism or business is a bad thing. But I think that whenever we have mission-driven businesses and heart-centered businesses, we're actually going to do more good things. So what I wanted to do was help other business owners 
basically start their own brand, whatever vehicle they wanted to do. But at the end of the day, what I'm teaching people is to get clear on who they're serving and their why. Mm -hmm. And so using their business as like the bridge to basically in the vehicle to help people all over the world, whether that is whatever career you're doing. I feel like you could always put a why and you could always put your heart into anything that you're doing. So I feel like I wanted to have a lot of freedom in different vehicles, but my mission is always the same inspiring and empowering people to live their truth, to live in their highest self and to do what they're meant to do. So powerful. I think what you said, your mission has always been the same. The vehicle just changed. I think that's such a powerful statement because for people who feel like they have a why, a mission in their heart, they can get so caught up in the vehicle. But like in reality, the vehicle doesn't even matter. The vehicle can evolve. The vehicle can change. You'll get the new model. But the mission is always what drives and and the mission comes from the heart. And I think that's so, so beautiful. And for those listening that are like, okay, transcendental meditation changed Chelsea's life. What the heck is that? Can you share a little bit about what TM is? So it's it transcendental meditation, TM for sure. And it's a mantra-based meditation, which I never thought I could focus on a mantra. So when you go into this course, you get your mantra, which is a Sanskrit word. And it's a silent meditation. We don't use music, although sometimes I play like ocean music in the background or I'll play some frequency hertz in the background. But basically, it's not a guided meditation. It's a mantra. So you're repeating the mantra over and over again in your mind and you do it for about 20 minutes. And then you have three minutes of kind of like waking up at the end and coming out of it. I, I usually will in my three minutes after my post 20 minutes, I kind of am planting my affirmations while I'm in that theta state. Well, and theta state is that dreamlike state where we can impression our subconscious mind. So after doing those 20 minutes, we have three minutes to kind of come out of it and I'll kind of implant my little affirmation. That's kind of me putting my own little twist on that. But you do it twice a day, every day. So you do it in the morning, you can do it at night. I mean, honestly, you can do it any time of the day, but I always like to do it in the morning to start my day and regroup. But then it's kind of like in the afternoon, it's like my afternoon pick me up. It's like the day has already started. So many things have been kind of coming in internally. So let's just calm our minds and then kind of, you know, give ourselves a little bit of a boost because I, I truly believe in the concept of slowing down to speed up. And sometimes our minds are so busy that we're not thinking clearly. So I think that having that little, you know, nighttime or midday meditation really helps you kind of regroup for the rest of the day. And you can do it any time of the day, but the point is to do it twice a day. It's a silent based meditation. Um, you're just repeating your mantra in your uh, mind for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that description. And I want to back up because you said something that I want to touch on. And it's so beautiful that we share such similar journeys in this aspect of ourselves. So you said that through all of these modalities, you got back in touch with your Latina roots. And I know for me, getting back in touch with my Latina roots has been one of the biggest puzzle pieces to my healing journey. Same. (laughs) Yeah. I think that we share similar stories. And like at one point we felt super disconnected from our roots. You almost lost your Spanish, which same. I think the answer is yes. 
have you reclaimed that connection and how did you reclaim it? Can you share more about that aspect of your journey? Yeah. So I'm originally from Puerto Rico. I was born there and my dad was in the military. So after I was born there, we traveled the world. We lived in Europe. We lived all over the States. And so I never really was raised there. I lived there when I was five for a year or maybe less, but I never really lived there most of my childhood. So I was kind of raised with an American background. And but I never forgot my roots in that sense where at home we spoke Spanish. We, you know, so it's not like I lost myself in that way. But I think being in all these different states and moving all the time, I was always trying to fit in. I was always the new girl, you know? And so it was, I think that this is, it, it truly is part of my healing journey is coming back to me. And like, it, it is the key puzzle as well, because what I realized in trying to fit in was I was trying to be like everyone else. And when I first moved to Texas, it was definitely a culture shock. It was, I lived in the suburbs where it's a very country town. There's not a lot of Hispanics. There's not a lot of, you know, minorities. And so I remember like vividly, I was 15 and I had moved here and I remember nobody asked me to sit by them at lunch. And so I literally ate my lunch in the bathroom stalls for like a whole week. I would come back crying because at home and I'm like, why did you make me move? I don't fit in here. And I think that was the start of me being like, okay, I'm about to move to another school. I want to, I want people to ask me to sit with them at lunch. Who do I need to be? How do I need to act? And that was the start of me acting like I wasn't someone or who I truly am and acting like someone else. Right. And so I started kind of pushing down the Latina self and was not really, I never was like, I always claimed I was Puerto Rican, but I kind of like pushed down the roots, you know? So I realized that a part of my healing journey was realizing I did that. So I went to Puerto Rico and I used to go to Puerto Rico every other summer to visit my grandparents, my great grandparents' family. And in 2017, Hurricane Maria happened. And it left the entire island of Puerto Rico without power. My grandparents were affected by this a whole year without power. Like, can you grasp that? Like, we have power right now. Like, this is what's allowing us to be on this podcast, to be able to speak on a computer. Like, we're living in different states, but we can still connect. Over 3,000 people died, and they went a whole year without power. Do you know how many businesses were affected? Families were affected? it really broke me. And I felt so helpless because I'm like, I'm in Texas and this is happening in Puerto Rico. Why isn't the president doing anything? And not to get political, but I'm like, nothing is happening. And people are just living their life like nothing is happening. And I think what's frustrating is that Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory. So we are a part of the U.S., but it wasn't being taken care of like it was any other state. So that's what really bothered me. So right after that year, 2018, the power had finally started coming back and my great grandma was having her 100th birthday. So we had a big family reunion and I get to Puerto Rico with my husband and we hadn't been in six years, but I was going every other year for many years, but we hadn't been in six years. And when I got there, I just felt so disconnected. Mm. I felt like my Spanish, like I was talking in Spanish, but then I was also talking in English and I'm like, this is not me. I feel like, who am I? Why have I been pushing this part of myself down? I need to 
embrace this. This is my power. This is what makes me special. This is my special sauce. Like yeah. embracing that. So I just was like, what can I do? I want to help Puerto Rico. And I'm just like this little girl in Texas, but like, what can I do? Like, how can I raise awareness? I don't have the biggest following, but I'm going to do something. And at that time, my husband and I, we were doing a lot of traveling and we had just gotten a lot of like travel vlog equipment. We're like, let's get into travel vlogging. I was really big into doing YouTube at that time. And we're like, you know what? Let's just take videos of some of the food that we're eating out here and some of the different things to do. And maybe if we like promote this, like we can encourage people to travel to Puerto Rico because Puerto Rico really, you know, their economy gets boosted from tourism. So I'm like, what if we get more people travel there that boosts their economy and we can start helping Puerto Rico? And I'm like, I don't know, but let's just try it. Right. So we filmed the video. It took me like three months to edit it because I was so busy that I almost didn't even put it out there. But I'm like, no, I got to do this. And so when I did it, it was crazy. Like that video got almost 200,000 views. And I had so many Puerto Ricans. And like at the beginning of the video, I said, like, this is dedicated to all of the people affected by Hurricane Maria. And the best way to help Puerto Rico right now is to travel there, of course, donate to organizations and stuff like that. But at that point, I'm really into travel. I feel like a lot of people that are following my channel are into travel. So I kind of positioned it in that way. And I had so many Puerto Ricans commenting saying, thank you so much for doing this. And I think that kind of like lit something up in front of or inside of me where I was like, maybe I can do something with this. Like maybe I can start raising awareness for Puerto Rico. And it was kind of like the spark of me coming back to who I am and coming back to my roots. And so I started going there a few times a year and we want to move there eventually. And I was like, you know what? I want to start doing annual retreats here. And I had my first retreat there last year. It was the work heart, play heart retreat on 2022. But along the journey that started in 2018, 2019 was when I started meditating and it's kind of like all this stuff started happening. I pivoted, I closed my business. I did cacao ceremony training. I did my yoga teacher training. I did my breathwork facilitator training. And I'm like, when I finally did the breathwork facilitator, I knew that that was a very strong minute. I was just kind of seeing what's out there for me. I know I'm meant to do something with the healing space. I don't know what that is, but I'm just going to go on this journey of healing and letting it unravel. Breathwork, I wasn't looking for breathwork. It fell in my lap. And I always truly believe that the things that are meant for you kind of fall in your lap. It's like, you're not even looking for it and it comes to you. And that's what breathwork did. And when the first day I did breathwork, I left the breathwork. Me and my husband did it together. We drove to Austin. It was like a synchronicity that we drove there. It was like we knew we were supposed to be there. It was like a three-hour psychedelic breathwork experience. And we're like, let's go. We drove into Austin, which is three hours away from Dallas. We do it. And during the breathwork, I had this download. I am supposed to be sharing heart medicine. Like I was already in cacao. And when I did that breathwork, I just knew that this was one of the biggest vehicles that I was going to be using in all of the different tools that I was practicing. So I got in the car right after and my husband said, I feel like you're supposed to be doing this. I'm like, I had the same download. Yes. And so let's find a breathwork training for you. Like, let's start doing this. And so that was the missing piece for me to feel confident putting on a retreat. Cause I'm like, I had a lot of imposter syndrome along the way. I'm like, 
I, you know, I was doing fitness and beauty and now I want to be a healer. And how am I going to do a retreat? Who are you to do this? Like all those stories like popped up and stuff. But I knew once I did breath work or got trained to be a facilitator, that was the missing piece. And then I hit the ground running with promoting the retreat. And I want to start working with more healers out there. That's what I did in Puerto Rico. I worked with one of the best healing chefs in Puerto Rico. These are like healer women that I collaborated with. And I want to work with more women out there and really empower them to, because I'm not living there, but other women are living there. I want to support their organizations because I want them to keep doing what they're doing. So I feel like one of my gifts is being a bridge, being a connector. And so doing that retreat allowed me to collaborate with different women out there. I was able to raise over $10,000 of empowering, you know, Puerto Rico. And I've been doing that ever since last Hispanic Heritage Month. Of course, Puerto Rico went through another hurricane, unfortunately, and we raised money um, for one of the organizations out there. And so anytime I can really get behind some organizations and raise awareness and raise money for them, I want to be involved. So yeah, that's a big long story long of how all these things kind of like, you know, are part of the synchronicities and the breadcrumbs along the way. But I know that I'm still a work in progress. I'm still working on these things. These things are still happening. I feel like being on this podcast is another part of the piece, you know, like how kind is it that we are here, how we synchronously met and we're doing this podcast. So you're giving me this platform to speak about this. So thank you. Oh my gosh, you are so welcome. And it's so beautiful to hear your story and your words because... You're right. The things that are meant for you, you don't typically seek them out. They find you. And then it's being able to listen and tune in and recognize that something is calling to you. I mean, that's how sound healing found me. Like I wasn't even looking for it. It literally found me. And I'm curious, the psychedelic breathwork, the holotropic breathwork that you did, was it with Stan Groff's organization? No. So it's uh, a guy named Noah Aeon. He's actually a conscious DJ, like has done amazing work out there. And his story was really inspiring because I think he did a lot of the, accomplished a lot of these things in life, but then went through like a dark retreat, I guess like a silent dark retreat and like had his spiritual awakening and realized he wanted to You know, I feel like I connect with so many heart centered, like people that really want to help people tap into their heart. And so I knew like I came across this page on Instagram. It was called Frequency Breathwork. And I guess they're based out of Manhattan. And you know, when you like get pulled into like an Instagram page, you're like, what is this? And you're like scrolling down all of a sudden you're like all the way at the bottom. And so that's kind of what happened. I came across this page and I see these like events happening and people wearing headphones and people looking like they're primal screaming. And I was already kind of throwing a lot of events. Like that's always been a lot, you know, what I love doing is putting together events. And so like, what is this? Like, I want to get into it. And then I saw that it's on one of the Instagram posts that coming to Austin. And so Noah, his real name is Pavel. He's, um, I think, Czech Republic. He was actually the facilitator promoting frequency. And so he's been doing like tours and stuff like that. I was like, something within me knew I wanted to drive there. And it was easy because I I used to live in Austin and I love going to Austin. And so my husband and I were like, he got the ticket and like, we both knew that there was something there. And so I went to it. I just knew that it was supposed to be 
the thing I was supposed to do. And yeah. you know, a little backup story on that, because I always feel like there's so many synchronicities with things. And that's kind of how I know something is meant to be. So my dog, Lola, she had passed away like the month prior. And she was so like, when she would sleep, she would breathe so loud that if I was working with clients, they they would always say, oh my God, her breathing regulated my breathing. And so it was kind of like, we joked that she was kind of like a breathwork facilitator. Like just her energy was super like, regulating and just relaxing. And so what was crazy during that breathwork experience, my dog Lola came into my breathwork and I literally feel like it was her passing the baton for breathwork. And what's crazy is the first day that I ever put on a breathwork experience, I was in Austin. It was like a a big at-home party and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this, you know? And I was making the cacao and I was washing some of the dishes and the sponge at the bottom of the sponge, it, it was like one of those stick sponges, like what it handle, like a bottle cleaner, but not like a scrubber. But I guess the brand was called Lola. And so I started getting emotional. I'm such a softie. I cry over everything. And I'm just like, thank you. Like I, I knew it was like another sign that I knew I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Wow. So it was so special. Oh, but yeah, yeah. It, it was, it's just amazing how that happened. That is so beautiful. We love a dog coming in and supporting our journeys. So sweet. Well, it's so beautiful that, you know, your reconnection with your Puerto Rican roots has also become this philanthropic sort of, you know, mission to, to also support the country. And I think that's so powerful and, I can only imagine that your journey with reconnecting with your Puerto Rican roots will only continue to unfold and blossom. Yeah. You know, I I feel so fortunate to be able to do this and talk about this because like I said, like coming back to my roots, I was always trying to figure out where I fit in. And it's like, I felt like my Spanish wasn't good enough, but I felt like I wasn't white enough, you know? And so What I realized is I can never be Puerto Rican enough. I'm just Puerto Rican. It's in my roots. It's in my blood. It's in my DNA. I don't have to sound more Puerto Rican. I don't have to speak more Puerto Rican or Spanish, you know, and I don't have to sound any specific way. I'm going to be Puerto Rican no matter what. And it also kind of goes hand in hand with the spirituality because like I said, part of my healing has always been coming back to like, where do I fit in? And when I got into spirituality, I'm like, I'm not spiritual enough. I don't look spiritual enough. I don't look hippy-dippy enough. And I thought, you can't be spiritual enough. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. You don't have to do anything to be more spiritual. I don't have to do anything to be Puerto Rican. I just am Puerto Rican. I am spiritual. And so what I realized is I'm here to be representation in my own unique way. And I don't have to be like anyone else. I could be inspired. I could be inspired by the JLos of the world, like other healers like you doing this work, being Latina in the spiritual community where it's still, you know, new, even though like our background, our indigenous background is spiritual. But I feel like spirituality has become so mainstream that you don't see a lot of Latina. Mm-hmm. And so what I realize is women like us, we're here to represent. We don't have to be anybody that we're not. Oh. We just need to be ourselves. So it, all of this really is 
like the healing with being Latina, it's a part of the key of, of what I'm here to do and inspire other Latinas, whether they speak Spanish or not, to stand in their truth, just own that they are Latina. Get out there, be representation in this wellness space because we need, every human being needs wellness. I truly believe that. But if we have more representation, it gives permission to these other women to start doing this work. Thank you for saying that because that is the reason that Latinas Who Meditate came to be. It was this thing where I, living in LA, found myself in a lot of spaces where I mean, I feel that because of, I guess you could call it my career in the space, I feel like I have a seat at the table in wellness. I feel like I've created my own seat at the table and I feel very fortunate and very blessed. And I also can recognize that not every person of color, BIPOC folks, Latina women feel the same way. Sometimes it can be intimidating to walk into a room and say, okay, nobody here looks like me. Nobody here sounds like me, you know? And so that and the piece that you said of like, you don't have to be enough of anything. You just are. You don't have to sound a certain way to claim that you're spiritual or that you're Latina or that you're Puerto Rican. You just are. I think that's such a beautiful gift to, to give the listener, to remind them like, you don't have to pretend to be anybody that you're not. Just exactly as you are is perfect and you are representing with authenticity and that in itself is going to inspire somebody else to represent with authenticity and it continues the ripples of people just being themselves. And like you said earlier, it was like being Puerto Rican is your special sauce. That is your superpower. And if people are walking around not fully embracing themselves and their authenticity, then they're robbing themselves and the collective of their medicine, of their superpower. And so I just think, yeah, I just love what you said. Thank you for that little tangent. Yeah. And and I truly believe, and it's something that I didn't realize until like I started awakening, you know, not really being myself. And it's not that I was being completely someone that I'm not, but it was like I was hiding a part of myself. Like it's like I wasn't allowing these amazing qualities of myself to be seen. Mm. And so I truly believe that if you are being your authentic self, how can the right people that are meant to find you find you? If you're being someone you're not, and there's dissonance when you're not being your full authentic self. Even when I got into, you know, this healing space, I thought I needed to sound like I needed to know more of these words and I had to sound more spiritual, you know? And I need to be myself because like I said, we're all spiritual beings. So if I'm my, myself, like I said, I'm a bridge. It's like, I'm trying to skip the bridge and I'm trying to be from, I'm trying to go from here to here. And how can people find me if I'm not being a bridge? You know what I mean? So I need to let the right people find me by being myself. And I believe all of us need to know that message. Mm, there's so much truth in that. I hope you've enjoyed the episode so far with Chelsea. She is such an incredible woman. And in part two, we dive into her pregnancy journey, which was not an easy one. She had preeclampsia and delivered her babies early. And we dive into that journey and what that was like. And so I thought it would do it a disservice to not give it its own episode for any mamas out there who have experienced this or 
anyone who has shared a similar story because her story of resilience and overcoming challenges is so powerful. So head over to part two of this episode to listen to the rest of the story.